Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the EDH Jank Center podcast. This is a cheeky little show where we break down five janky, budget, or underutilized cards every other week. These cards may not be the best, most efficient, or even good, but here at the Jank Center, we believe every single card deserves a chance to shine. As always, I'm your host, Jordan, and today I'm joined by my co-host, the remarkable Crest Lightning, everyone. Hey, I think at least five cards that we talk about today have that shine. You you and me both. And on top of that, I think at least five of these cards are all going to be under a dollar because that's the yeah, brand. That's... that's kind of the brand. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> should we include that as part of the intro? Maybe we should. Because maybe people won't know I mean, that. They'll be like, maybe rewrite the intro. This can be part of the podcast, but maybe rewrite the intro for the next episode. Yeah. We're this is only episode two. Yeah, we're still figuring it out, guys. Everyone, calm down. I'm literally tripping. Yeah, are you tripping on you? No, not like drugs, oh. but like falling over. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to talk about shrooms on the show um but today we're gonna be talking about cards if you if you enjoy budget building if you enjoy jank if you enjoy enjoy just trying to include some some underloved cards have you ever tried to build a deck and yeah instead of ordering singles because you don't got the money for that you just look into your collection and try and make a deck out of what you got that's sort of the spirit of the show and when i started doing that i started to fall in love with the creativity that it enabled the the limitations enabled a very fun deck building experience and i wanted to sort of bring it to to youtube and now to the podcast space and look at that here we are episode two we've already got a million fans and One only <laughs> million fans. It's only growing. Right, this yeah. time, I would just say, uh, last episode we had a fun around this time, a fun little visual gag of some clapping. So now, anytime you do the cheering, I'm gonna put in uh, just like a million fans. Yeah, well, because we are, we do perform in front of a live studio audience. That is true, yeah. right, <laughs> folks? Yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. Can I? Yeah. That was a. <laughs> I was just gonna put the clapping audio. <laughs> That's where you I'm gonna put it. You can still do that. <laughs> but I appreciate your participation. I do appreciate that. Thank you. I'm one of the fans. Yeah, that's true. I'm sitting a fan too. In, you gotta be. You gotta sit, believe in yourself. Sitting in the co-pilot seat. If if there's anything you folks take away from episode two is you have to believe in yourself. And that anybody can talk about Magic the Gathering. That's true. Anybody can because it's a game for everyone. Speaking of everyone, let's. Go to the first card. Oh, <laughs> we're just jumping straight in. Okay. I don't know. I tried to transition. I, I'm still, listen, it's episode two. I'm judging so. you. We're going to redo this transition. Ready? Oh. And speaking of cards, uh-huh. we're going to talk about the first card of the day, which is. Yeah. Oh, man, this is... No, see, I'm still judging you and making sure we keep the last take in the podcast. (laughs) No! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. The first card of the day is going to be Chaplain of Alms. It is a one white mana creature human cleric from Innistrad Midnight Hunt. It has first strike. 
It has Ward 1, which means whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter it unless that player pays one generic mana. It also has Disturb for three and white. You may cast this card from your graveyard, transformed for its Disturb cost. So we're gonna just transform this card real quick into Chapel Shieldgeist, which is a creature spirit cleric from Innistrad Midnight Hunt. It has Flying and First Strike, and it says each creature you control has Ward 1. And if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere else, exile it instead, and it's a 2-1. This is a uh, this is one of my fave cards from the Innistrad sets. I well, I love all the disturb transform cards, but this is one of my faves. Right. Simply because of that that backside ability. Well, first of all, it's a one drop that does stuff. And if you've watched the channel before, I love stuff that does stuff. Just for one mana, you're getting multiple things. I just really, really love that. A one drop with first strike and ward one. Obviously, I think that this is gonna be not the side that you want to be playing more often than not right you're gonna want to be playing this sacrificing it and then casting it maybe from your graveyard or what i was gonna say is you can disturb in general is great for decks i run this in my kami's obscure oculus deck which cares about conniving mm. conniving is an ability where you draw a card discard a card and then put a plus one plus one counter if the card you discarded was non-land and i love being able to just pitch a card into the graveyard but still being able to utilize it in some way later it's not just a dead card in the graveyard now with these cards that have disturb i can cast them if i need to if i need something to cast i can cast it straight from my graveyard and it's just like i have something still in my hand it's like i drew two instead of drawing one and discarding one yeah i i think disturb is a cool ability i like the i like to be able to throw something back i think i like the fact that it's a one drop card on its on its front side mm -hmm. i know that the you're talking about the disturb side a lot i just want to talk about for a second the fact that this is a one one first striker mm -hmm. this is a good turn one play it's a good little guy yeah. This is a good turn one guy to have on the board. It's a great, like, you know, token killer. It's got wards, so it can stick around for a little bit. Uh, I, I I think it's just a good 1-1. One, one. <laughs> it's just a good jump yeah. blocker because it's got first strike. Um, and then to give it flying later on. I was going to say maybe. that that was going to be my next point was once it's on the back, we're going to be talking about the backside a lot. Um, just because once it's, once it's there, it's giving you ward one for all of your creatures, which is excellent. I, I love that, yeah. that sort of blanket protection ability for five mana total. Not too bad. I, others might say that it's a bit overcosted, but I think that it's lovely and a great inclusion for budget builds. If you're looking for some sort of protection that protects all your creatures, honestly, one mana, it, it does a lot. You, you'd think that, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll always have the one mana to pay for the extra target, but not when there's like at least 10 creatures on the yeah, board. Or, right. And you're playing other stuff. You're having to worry about three other players. You might not want to <laughs> sort of pay the extra one when you could remove something else on someone else's board uh, for the yeah. mana that you want, or you might want to have that one mana up for a fog or who knows, but ward one is sneaky, sneaky good. And I just love that it gives it to all creatures once you get the backside. Agreed. Additionally, the flying and first strike and it being a 2-1 just makes it an excellent target for buffs, equipment. It just becomes a formidable attacker and blocker. Yeah, I like cards with transform. I know that that's like maybe... We play with sleeves. Yeah. It's not exactly convenient, <laughs> but I love it. I love cards with backsides so much. I feel like so many people play with sleeves. I would like to meet the person who has a disturbed deck that just, it's raw, just sleeveless. And they're just bending and flipping the cards like it's nothing. That would, oh my gosh. I just want to say that double-sided cards are cool. They are cool. They are cool. <laughs> I agree. I agree. There's actually a commander that came out in the 
Caverns of Ixalan just recently that cares about like double-sided artifacts, which I thought was really cool. What? There's a Discord member who I was chatting with, I believe it's, ooh, I believe it's T-Ponch. And they were talking to me about, they posted their list in the Discord of, it's like an all Transformers build. Oh, because they're, very they're cool. double-sided artifacts. And I just thought that was I such a cool way to- deck. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was such a cool way to, to, to utilize those Transformer cards. But back to Shapel Shieldgeist. I love the aesthetic. I love the Innistrad aesthetic, first of all. Oh, um, yeah. Second yeah. of all, I, I think Disturb is so interesting. There's a lot of really good- Good cards with disturb yeah i did not i chose this uh just because it's like a cheap you know sort of like little guy um yeah. but i think that this is a the, the mechanic is really lovely same thing with like unearth and things like that right just stuff that you can use more than once you want to have like tools in your toolbox and disturb is an excellent way to just be able to utilize something that gets sniped on board or discarded or milled yeah whatever it is it's now able to be used still in your graveyard which is typically you're taught a place where things go to die well i like graveyard play i mean i don't know if you know this about me i have a mill deck yeah and i have a self mill deck and i have a graveyard golgari deck and i yeah so I like a lot of people do graveyard. A lot play, of people do. I, I like they love the graveyard stuff. I like cards like this in graveyard play. I like cards that I don't really. I'm not trying to like bring back an army. I just like mm-hmm. cards that have a second, you know, almost a half life, if you will. Um, mm. That's an interesting way to put it, but I, yeah, I love that. Yeah, in, in terms of gameplay, right? Uh-huh. Like I, I've used this as my chump blocker for the first part of the game, and then it comes back later. It's just I think cool for gameplay, not just strategy, right? Like that's it, it's not like something you're planning for, yeah, necessarily, but fits in that cohesion with that style of play, and I think it's cool. And I think this card in particular is cool because it's in white. Agreed. Agreed. Lately, obviously, we you know we, you can see it all throughout the MTG discourse over the last few years. But white has been getting a lot of upgrades because before it was you know it was viewed as the weaker color in, in the color pie, and they've done a really good job, I think, of buffing it up, making it so that it's sort of on an equal playing field with everything else. Yeah, I still think that the color pie has an identity. Uh, yeah. Modern time. And I also think that they've done a good job. I, I don't think that it's the weak link anymore. Yeah. I would say that maybe red is, but only in this format. In, in Commander, you mean? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of utility in red. So you're not just playing. Like, mono red is, like, something you probably wouldn't necessarily. I could see that. You could have a hard time. There's some crazy builds in mono red, though. There are some true crazy builds. And there's, but, but I, I like that. A lot that... of mono red is supplemented by artifact play, right? Like, Sure. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would say like it's all like treasure or artifacts that are like yeah. if you're gonna go real powerful, real real heavy power in commander. I think yeah. If you're running mono red, then you're gonna probably be running like Duretti or uh, Felden or um, I was gonna say Osgear, but he's actually Boros. So yeah, it's literally like there's there's a few there's only a few I think that you would really for high power, high high power. And I know in CDH, who is that? Magda. Magda's a huge yeah. one. Uh, in CDH, just because, yeah, she's. Just but this busted. isn't about the mono red podcast. This is about a white. This is a white card, and it's and under I a wanna dollar. Say, I want to say, do you think somebody could create a challenge to anybody out there creating a a graveyard specific mono white deck? Ooh, I would love that. I would love that. Yeah, I think I think there are enough spirits. 
I, I'm not saying it would be good, but I'm just saying I think, oh, yeah, there's, I know. A, I think there's a creative. <laughs> I think there is a very creative way to do that. Yeah, um, I'd love to that, see someone. Yeah, if Mongo you're listening, graveyard play. Someone join the Discord, or if you're already in the Discord, make this deck. Make a mono white graveyard deck and post in the Discord. I would love. Yeah, to see or just that. give us a commander idea, and maybe we'll we'll yeah. do it in a, in a, in the Patreon episode. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, so maybe there's something yeah. there. Who knows? Um, but I like this card, and I think that it's uh, it's a worthy include for decks that are using the graveyard in any way. A worthy first pick for the podcast too. Yeah, agreed. And also, if yeah. you're just running, if you're just running a little one drop, and you, you, if you have space in your deck for a one drop, I think Chaplain of Alms is a great little selection. Just because if you use it as a chump blocker, you can then use it for that blanket protection effect. And I think that's very, very good in a game of Commander. Also, let's not talk about let's let's just talk about how good First Strike is too. Just I think these basic keywords: a flyer later on, but a First Striker as a one drop First Striker. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Not to mention if you add on Death Touch to that First Strike, baby. That becomes hey, extremely that's scary. In, that's getting in creative brain territory. Mm-hmm. That's not the card itself. But it's the creativity that the card enables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was just, I was just joshing you. Oh, I know. You don't know, be weird if we called each. I was just about to be like, oh, I know, buddy. But that felt very like <laughs> inauthentic. I was yeah. like, I would never call Cress buddy. That's please don't weird. I've had people who tried in my life for sure to call me buddy. <laughs> Yeah, I think 100%. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather be called champ. You can call me champ if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never. That would <laughs> I would hate that. I would hate that so much. I like calling my friends baby. They're obviously free to say that that makes them uncomfortable. And if it if it does, I will stop. But I love it's just very affectionate. I don't know. It's, it feels so natural to me. Anyways. Yeah. If anyone else calls their friends baby. <laughs> Please don't make. Please say so, so I don't feel <laughs> so alone. Sound off. Sound off in the comments. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, moving on to our next card of the day. It's another one drop, folks, with another four-costed activated ability. It's Priest of Eroas, one red mana creature, human cleric. This is from Theros, and it has an activated ability. You can pay three and a white, sacrifice Priest of Eroas, destroy target enchantment, and it's a one-one. So this is the first. First, I think janky card that we've talked about on the pod because the other cards Absolutely. have been like pretty decently good. They're just sort of like, you know, under the radar or they're just a little bit inefficient but this is just straight up like you most people would just overlook this card and sort of like throw it into the bulk bin and not think twice about it which is understandable if you're going for high efficiency (laughs) and there's obviously way way better ways to destroy an enchantment in magic the gathering in these colors however hear me out one drop one one (laughs) with utility Here's the thing. When when we talk about these cards, I want to actually just sort of highlight how they can be used in certain decks to your advantage. Obviously, you do not have to run these in, you know, all, every deck. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a staple. It is not. However, like the spirit of the show states, every card deserves a chance to shine. And I think that this can... I I, I covered this in a short, but I wanted to talk about it more at length in this format. I think in Hoffrey Ghost Forge specifically, this can be a really great card. And I'm going to read Hoffrey just for context for everyone. Hoffrey is a three red white legendary creature dwarf cleric from Strixhaven. It says spirits you control get plus one plus one and have trample and haste. We're not going to really care about that right now. But it does say whenever another non-token creature you you control dies, 
size, exile it. If you do, create a oh. token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a spirit in addition to its other types, and it has, when this creature leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to your graveyard. Oh, so you can kind of sort of loop this destroying effect. It's a. I love this commander. It's a Boros graveyard deck, essentially, where you're wanting to sacrifice creatures, make copies of them, and then sacrifice those, bring the original card back to your graveyard, recur it, do it all over again, that kind of vibe. Having that sack ability on it to be able to do that and trigger the commander. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's super awesome. A lot of people in the comments of the short on YouTube were like, no, you should just run it in Zerto. What are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, you could absolutely. <laughs> Zerta uh, reduce, is essentially a Boros commander that reduces the cost of activated abilities by two, which is also great. Sure. It makes Priest yeah, of Oros essentially like a generous gift because it would only cost three total mana at that point. Yeah. Or f sorry, yeah, three total right. mana. Three total, so one to play and two for the two mm -hmm. for the effect. But I think uh, a janky recurring artifact destroyer is maybe a cooler effect. Like that's yeah. somebody we're playing on the board, and I'm like, they're bringing their their one one back. <laughs> but notably, when it comes back, the copy comes back as a spirit, and Hoffer gives it plus two plus two and trample and haste. Yeah, with, so or, sorry, three, it'll three. make it a it'll make it a two two with trample and haste. Right. So not only have you already destroyed something on the board with this one drop on your turn, yeah, but then you've cut it's come back stronger, so you can't get rid of it on your turn. And it's removal. You know, you can if you're building it on a hyper budget, you can include this card as one of your removal packages. But also, I just want to highlight it just because. Because it's a really great example of being able to utilize any card in Magic the Gathering if you just find the right synergy for it. Um, yeah. And I'm a big believer in that. I think it's a really... If someone dropped this down on a on a table when we were playing, I would be geeking out. I just think that's so, so fun and exciting to see people trying to include cards that typically would not be included. We just... We would all generally overlook this card. And in yeah, the right sure. context, in the right space, this can actually do a lot of fun work. Well, I know you've done a couple attempts to make some one-drop builds. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's always super fun. That's always a super fun challenge. Uh, yeah. You know, really utilizing your bulk bin. Because um, there are a lot of... I mean, I, I think I point out every one-drop on the podcast so far because I just think it's so important to not spend your first turns, you know, with the, the standard, you know, CDH, you know, trying to build your engine. I like the just, like, janky one-drop plays. I like the, let's start the game. Let's just play the game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I like that too. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that, but I I do enjoy the times where I'm like, and I I've fallen victim to it too. Like I, you know, I'm always trying to ramp. I'm always trying to keep up because you know sometimes you have to. But it is very nice to just sort of like have a one drop on the field and be like right. pinging people for the for, for well, the early turns. You know, you know when everybody's playing at the table with that kind of mindset, this the value of this card spikes up dramatically. It goes okay, so that one one's there and it's got some utility they might use later. Mm -hmm. So if I'm I, it, it then entices me as a player to maybe I should swing at them and get rid of it early, or maybe I don't want to mess around with that because they might be too close to the mana. Like when everybody's playing at, the, at, at that pace, those beginning mm -hmm. turns at that pace, I think this card shines even more. Agreed. And also, like, no one's going to want to remove this. 
no one is going to touch this like not waste their removal cards yeah it's gonna be able to do the work that it that it's intended to do which is remove something more than once if you run it in hoffrey ghost forge by the way and Mm -hmm. uh because you can sacrifice the token copy because the token copy will retain the activated ability that it has on the card um so you can reuse this in hoffrey ghost forge and no one's gonna touch it because there's gonna be way bigger threats and and with, with be a waste of white, you've got some interesting you've got some interesting baiting going on here with this card right so like i if you want to get rid of it you're probably not going to remove it so you're probably going to swing at it but then uh it, since i'm playing red and white i could have a bunch of life lingers on the board mm-hmm. so it's like okay so if you swing are you going to risk giving me life just to get you know just to maybe get rid of this one one mm-hmm. uh, maybe make me get rid of this one one like there's so much i think you can do i think this card being the colors that it is i mean it fits i guess our theme of the episode is the color pie i think it fits really really nicely yeah because it's from that old theros block which you know they're yeah they you know this is like 20 what is that 2013 2014 mm-hmm. so like this is still early days of commander i believe like first year or two that it was like properly um introduced into the into the world as like so. pre-con commander decks and all that stuff and they were still very much adhering to like standard as like the way that they designed cards so it's always nice to find homes for those kinds of cards in in the modern commander format and i think hoffrey's a great little great little way to use this every card has value folks every single one you just got to get creative sometimes but anyways, let's take a, a, a cheeky look at a card that I really love for Commander that is also a common. It's Wedding Invitation, which is two oh. colorless mana artifact from Innistrad Crimson Vow. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. You can tap it to sacrifice it, and target creature can't be blocked this turn. If it's a vampire, it also gains lifelink until end of turn. So this card is an absolute all-star. Uh, I run it in... For a common? Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it so much. It's literally like one of my favorite commons I think ever printed. Yeah. Because it just does it does so much stuff. It does I mean, so much stuff. It's a game ender depending on what you got on the board. I was literally just about to say I run it in my Evra Halcyon Witness deck, which is a mono white Voltron. And this is like yeah. a win con, essentially. Yeah. Like if I switch, because Evra has an ability you could pay for switch your life total with ever's power so your life then becomes four because it's a four power creature and then if you have a high life total anything above 21 in fact right you have lethal commander damage on a creature all you got to do is enable unblockable or protection or whatever it may be and you can start sniping your opponents and this card is an absolute all-star that build i think is under 30 dollars because it runs a lot of cards like this that are sneaky good wedding invitation replaces itself so right you pay two mana You've lost a card from your hand, but when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. Immediately, it's replacing itself. Ex- excellent value. Yeah. And then... It's, two, it's a two-drop. Yep. And because <laughs> it's an artifact, it has no summoning sickness. You can just tap it right away, sack it, right. and go to town. Wait, you mean that paper can't get sick? What? <laughs> what? Oh, it's summoning sickness. I was like, what? Are you talking about? Okay. I was yeah. just trying to make a little a little joke with you. I was just trying to yes and your your spiel. It's okay, man. And it's okay. I, Today, I understand. Today's vibes are are wild. <laughs> we we both just hopped on. We were like, hey. <laughs> it's like I don't know if it's if it's like gloomy where you are, Crest, but it's like a very gloomy day here where I yeah, am. It is and too. Yeah, it's like, ugh, like everything just moves so slow. Anyways, um, 
wedding invitation is very good. I also mm-hmm. uh, wanted to talk about the fact that just in general, Crimson Vow, I think is an underrated set. It has a lot. We'll probably right. be lot, talking about a lot of those cards here on the podcast and on the channel in general. It just, I think I got overlooked because it was like maybe people got sick of Innistrad because they were like okay so we have one Innistrad set coming and then another one it's like ugh, okay but I yeah. at least for me I tended to I overlooked it a lot and when I was going through it I was making a video on the channel I think it was last year and mm-hmm. it was like about Crimson Vow and like the best budget cards from the set I, I actually don't think I even talked about this card in that video but I was looking through that set and I was like man like these are amazing I don't necessarily know if it got overlooked as much as I think that's when the video fatigue of buying boxes started to feel like yeah. oh, i can't really keep up with this anymore like That's i can't valid. really spend uh you know a hundred dollars you know at before it's a hundred dollars every couple of months and now it's starting to feel like a hundred dollars every month to, to keep up and i think that's part of it but i don't think that it's any fault of the game design necessarily i don't think the fatigue yeah. comes from the fact that people were bored with innistrad because in fact i think a lot of people talk about midnight hunt werewolf cards there's a lot you know that it had an identity maybe crimson vow didn't have a strong enough identity on its own other than like vamps but we've done vamps before so like maybe that's why i feel like it's also just because people are generally fatigued i know of a few people that i know personally who have sort of like stopped playing magic just because they find it very stressful to sort of keep up quote unquote with all the sets this sort of need to feel like you're you have to have your finger on the pulse all the time and because there's so many sets coming out i mean yeah it's it's just impossible that's why yeah because i identify with that i get it like i fully get 100%. it 100 that's why i like to just when a new set comes out i'll be like obviously i'm like we're creators now so we kind of have to sort of sure. understand what's coming out and you know be yeah. a bit topical but i don't go too deep into it and if and when i want to buy cards I won't, unless I'm like rolling in it and I can afford a box because I do like cracking packs sometimes. But typically I'll just go through the set lists like on Scryfall or something and I'll just yeah. find like all the cards that I that I want and sort of like buy the singles. And I think that's just a much more efficient way to spend your money uh, yeah. on this hobby. And yeah, like the, the, the amount of product that Wizards is putting out right now definitely is a lot and it and can be overwhelming for people for sure. So yeah, yeah maybe that's why it flew under the radar. I get it. Yeah, I think, I think this podcast... Yeah another part of why it resonates with me why i'm so grateful to be uh, a part of it is that yeah i i'm not somebody who does keep up very much so there's a lot of the later sets like i have not looked at 2023 really <laughs> I, you know post uh post the the first phyrexian set i, yeah, I really I'll haven't like <laughs> engaged with a lot of the cards yet so i think this is exciting because i've been playing longer than you have but mm-hmm. i would say you have probably more card knowledge than i do yeah but i i like playing the game so it's always exciting to see a new card or even or an old card Mm -hmm. and and i think that's what this podcast really is about and really exciting um for me because it's like yeah we get to talk about crimson vow today and we get to look at a really good card from crimson vow that's Mm -hmm. very cheap yeah um that's very fun that you probably if you bought crimson vow packs have you probably have this you probably have this laying around and it also, by the way, guys, it's not, it literally is at seven cents currently. You could literally, if you have a bunch of decks this fits in, you're spending literally under a dollar, maybe more with shipping, but like, you know, that's amazing right. value. So if you're watching this podcast and this is a game changing piece, you don't for some reason have because <laughs> you forgot about just, you could run down to the store and grab it. Like literally, 
like quite literally you could get excited about it probably ask your friend who plays magic hey do you have wedding invitation they'd be like yeah i have like 20 do you want one i just think the fatigue may be yeah not everybody can participate all the time but you know what they can always participate here and listen to these budget cards and these budget picks yeah because we're just excited about cards really yeah (laughs) you know we're just like yeah i'm still blown away by like the amount of creativity that the game designers continue to exhibit set after set after set after set um it's it's really one of my favorite parts of the game is getting a new set and just sort of seeing how people have designed the the set it's it's very fun and um, then being able to apply all those cards to builds that i have or what's especially exciting is when it's a card that enables a build that i've always wanted to build but i've Mm -hmm. never had like the support able to do so um until a set comes out which is very very exciting speaking of exciting shall we move on to my last pick of the day flawless transition i'm clapping hell yeah i see we did it million fans are back here (laughs) we got there baby finally wow yeah from what an arc i've had from that transition from the opening of the show to now (laughs) (laughs) it was almost perfect what an arc what an arc (laughs) anyways uh we're gonna talk about another lil guy it's glimmer baron everyone another (laughs) you know what's crazy i did not intend for this to be about one drops today but this is a one drop green creature oof and it is pronounced oof i have a bunch there was a bunch of people in my comment sections talking about it's pronounced oof because i didn't know if it was oofy oofy whatever oof it was it's oof Uh, it's from roblox sound effect i don't know anything about roblox do you know the tiktok sound that's like oh oh i can't even make it it's a child's voice the tiktok sound that's been stuck in my head is the huh that one <laughs> i don't i don't know i'm not <laughs> that's not how i engage with TikTok. someone out there knows what i'm talking about uh-huh. like that thing anyways um <laughs> it's from modern horizons 2 and it says has the ability it says sacrifice an a token glimmer baron gets plus two plus two until end of turn and it's a one two there's no cheeky there's no cheeky tap symbol on the card you could just mm-hmm. keep sacking huh yes uh we're gonna get into that uh but i want to highlight the flavor text first and foremost because this mm-hmm. is a cute little guy and yep. the flavor text says tricks and treats souls and sweets on wooded path whom shall we meet? And it's literally All the right. cutest little thing. Ugh, ugh. If you're watching on if you're watching on the YouTube, there's a cute little uh, sing along there with uh, with with Jordan's <laughs> face. So I love that, like, because obviously we at the time of recording, we definitely have not made this video yet, and you don't know that you're like. <laughs> that's true it's all happening live in real time we have someone live editing the the pod (laughs) right now (laughs) imagine how stressed that person would be oh my gosh that would be an absolute nightmare even if you could do it i i would never that's you can't pay me enough money to do that anyways this is a card that i've also recently talked about on the channel well i guess it's not recent by the time this episode comes out but i talked about it before on a short though because it was a very requested card so you know, when I'm doing the shorts, I ask people at the end of every video, you know, drop in the comments below, like what card, what janky card do you want me to find a home for next? And so a lot of people were Glimmer Baron, Glimmer Baron, like, please, blah, 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 blah. And so I finally was like, you know what? Yeah, give the people what they want. Let's do it. But yeah, I think, you know, obviously token builds, any sort of token builds, we're talking, we're talking treasures, we're talking foods now that food is like heavily supported mm-hmm. uh, with the Lord of the Rings set coming out, clue tokens, and then your classic like 
creature token builds. So, you know, anything, Chatterfang, any sort of build that can spew out tokens and that runs green, which is a lot of them, you can run this card and it turns into a giant beefy beater for you. What about a what about a what about a red green little guy deck? Oh my god, obsessed. I literally love that. Yeah. Uh with treasure and food. Treasure and food and just like the the flavor of feeding Glimmer Baron a bunch of food and it just gets huge. <laughs> I love it's that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And also, I think there's a, a bunch of ways, obviously, to give this double strike, to give this trample, to make this you unblockable. You can make it unblockable with wedding invitation. That's true. Which is we which we just talked about. And yeah. um, again, it's one of those things where it's like three mana. It doesn't cost yeah, it, it's literally a one drop, doesn't cost anything to activate its ability. Yeah. And you can do it at instant speed as well. So if you are trying to kill an attacker, someone attacks into you, not really thinking, you know, sometimes people don't read cards. So mm -hmm. if someone's not thinking, you can sack a bunch of stuff in response, beef up Glimmer Baron and block the creature that's attacking you and it's dead. All out of blue, all at instant speed. Yeah, I mean, I like him. I, I, I look, I like anything to do with candy. I'm a sweet tooth myself. <laughs> I mean, Glimmer Baron actually would be probably pretty close. I actually, fun fact, I am that deer. <laughs> Drinking from the lake. That's me, actually. Yeah, I think I'm the owl in the back. Ooh, no, 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 no. I'm the fox. <laughs> oh, looking at the... What are you looking at? On are the very far the left, there's a fox in the art. Sorry yeah. for everyone who's only listening to this, but there's lots of woodland creatures. Don't look up Glimmer Baron right now. Yeah, <laughs> while you're driving, please do that. Because I'm assuming most people are listening on their way to work or on their way to something. I so, uh, I don't agree with Jordan's statement, actually. Don't do I that I also don't driving. agree with that either. That is fully a joke. <laughs> please. please get off your phone now. Get off now. <laughs> keep your eyes on the road. I mean, you could keep the podcast playing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Don't. But just don't. <laughs> yeah. Put us down. Don't Put us it. down. Don't touch the phone. Keep your yeah. hand on the wheel. Both of them. Uh, when we started this pod Andrew. today, I did not think we would be telling Andrew <laughs> to put the phone down. <laughs> Um, yeah, Glimmer Baron sort of speaks for itself. I feel like um, this is just, it also, I, I wanted to also cover think, strategies like gain and drain where you yeah. want creatures to be dying. You want to be sacrificing your tokens. This is a very cheap sack outlet. So yeah, that's that's sort of all she wrote about Glimmer Baron. I love this little guy. And uh, anyways, it's time for that time of the day, which is Cress's Chaos Pick of the Day, everyone. Yeah. What got have you got clapping, for us? We got the sound effects. Yeah. We've got trumpets. <laughs> trumpets? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm doing that. I am oh, absolutely yeah. doing that. So I'm about to disappoint you because I picked a card that okay. wasn't a one drop. I'm no, sorry. it's okay. <laughs> sorry you had no I didn't idea. Catch it in time. That was my mistake. It's okay. But in fact, I did pick this card because you put a transform card. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And because uh, I think transform is awesome. So my card of the day is uninvited geist huh <laughs> <laughs> is this spooky little card uninvited from, geist oh uh, yeah from shadows over innistrad whoa is this spooky little guy yeah this is a very spooky guy yeah we um, had the first spirit and then we had the wedding invitation yeah I was like, yeah i want yeah, an yeah. card i want to talk about yeah. it yeah i want to talk about spooky spirits spooky time it's always spooky time this is coming out in what, January? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
It's always spooky time, though. It's yeah. always spooky time, especially with this guy, who I think is a three. It's a three drop, so not the greatest, but it's a two two, so it's not going to die to you know. It's not necessarily a chump blocker, uh-huh. and it's got skulk. This creature can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. When Ooh. uninvited guy steals combat damage to a player, that's when you get to transform it. So I like the graveyard recursion. We talked about um, disturb. Is it disturb? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about some like keywords, but I love cards that have like an individual game to them. Yeah. And this is one of those cards. Yeah. This card is going to attack somebody directly, but only if people have higher power creatures on the board. Otherwise, it's going to knock off the smaller jump blockers. But also, when, <laughs> when you transform this card, it becomes unimpeded trespasser. Oh my god. <laughs> and it can't be blocked permanently. So it goes from yeah. being a 2-2 to a 3-3. And just like if, if Pokemon evolves, it just gets better mm-hmm. um, without yeah. being like not that much better. But it did the thing it was intended to do. And now it can do that thing better Way than it better. could before. Yeah. No, I I absolutely love this. This is uh, really fun. The first thing I thought of after it being a spooky guy was mm-hmm. the fact that this goes really well with a card called Vorpal Sword or any equipment that wants your creature not necessarily to be more powerful, but to deal damage. Right. Vorpal Sword is from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. It's a one black artifact equipment. It says mm-hmm. equipped creature gets plus two plus zero and has death touch. That doesn't really matter for us, but it does have an activated ability that costs eight mana. And it says, until end of turn, Vorpal Sword gains whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is typically instant, like, it- you know, something that is going to be really difficult to get the creature through sneaky demir tactics and it's also just kind of like a creepy card you know it's got like a little cheeky severed head and all that on it of a medusa yeah it fits the on vorpal sword so it fits the million hands vibe of the unimpeded trespasser Mm -hmm. it's all just i i I think that this can and it doesn't have to be vorpal sword obviously but any sort of equipment that wants to be wants the creature to be dealing damage even just stuff like mask of memory where when it deals damage you're drawing two and discard one like right it, i just yeah absolutely love this card i think this is great this is a great little ch- uh, choice and skulk allows it to get in for that first initial damage pretty easily as well yeah pretty pretty easily and if it's not it's cleaning up the board for some chump blockers that you you need to take care of right like it's not mm-hmm. this card it's good i just think it's good I, I don't think it's great i don't think it's a game ending card it could be right paired with the right equipment sure but it's not on its own i think it's just a good um fun card that has got a little mini game to it uh it's the kind of gets the kind of in-game game game i like to play i like same i love i love me a mini game yeah agreed but i also like to not have to think about it i like to pull it and be like "Ooh, i can play this now what am i gonna do how is that gonna affect my current state yeah uh board state how is it gonna affect everybody else's cards that does stuff yeah cards that does stuff even though the grammar for sure is cards that do stuff yeah (laughs) but Cards that does stuff is also equally as valid. Um, That'll be my, I'm stealing that phrase from you. You have your own new catchphrase. This one's mine. Cards that does stuff. Card that does stuff. Card that does stuff. single card that does stuff. (laughs) I I also want to point out that this is a spirit, and so it also just generally synergizes with Azorius spirits or Mono Blue spirits, whatever you're running that has spirits, like Mm -hmm. a, a spirit. I think the new word is a kindred yeah spirit kindred decks uh oh interesting i think they would like this card yeah and again an unblockable attacker is underrated 
very underrated. Even if you're just getting it in for three damage every turn, like it's going to add up over time and in conjunction with other cards can uh, prove to be very formidable. So I like this. This anecdote I have, I don't know how many people maybe, uh, this is just the side conversation. I don't know how many people had that player of their play group when they were like younger, maybe in high school, maybe in middle school. Sure. This is this is how it works, and you just believe. For the longest time, I believed that all spirit cards had to be sent back to your hand at the end of the turn because a single oh. card, a single spirit, has an effect that's like that. Oh no! Um, and I just believed that every that was what it meant to have the spirit. Oh no! <laughs> on, the, uh, on the card, that would yeah. be so bad. <laughs> I know. So I was just like, spirits are bad cards. I don't. Why does anybody play spirits? Although that would be a fun ability to sort of build around. You know, like if For if sure. all if all spirits like bounce themselves back to the hand, you could do some stuff with like casting creature spells or things like that. See, I'm already like deck building. I'm already like yeah. crafting some some weird build about, around it. But that person, whoever told you or whoever you know convinced you that that was true, mean. <laughs> A, bu- a bully, a bully, a child at the time. So uh, yeah, fine. fair enough, fair enough. I won't, I won't, I won't call a child a bully, even though some of them are. <laughs> Be careful out there. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, if you're if you're still on your phone. <laughs> Just be careful about... Keep both uh, hands on the wheel. Yeah. What are you doing? And don't trust any children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if your name is Andrew, all the children, they're out to get you. All it right. fits in the Innistrad theme. I won't explain. All right. Well, that's an excellent Crest Chaos pick of the day. Thank you for providing us with that. You're welcome. Now we're going to move on to breaking down the Discord poll of the week. If you didn't know, every week in the Discord, we poll our Discord members and ask them a question and they answer in droves and we sort of break down the statistics of whatever question we asked here on the pod. So this week, our question was, what's your favorite Ravnica guild? And so we listed all the different guilds. If you didn't know, it's Boros, Azorius, Simic, Golgari, Selesnya. Is it... Rakdos, Grohl, Demir, and Orzov. Different than last episode, we broke down what kind of part of the color pie do you identify with. This is just like, which one's your favorite? So if Correct. maybe you like playing a specific color combination, um, might have influence with it. So it's a little bit uh, of a different take. Uh, and I think that, I think the results speak to that because it's a little bit more evenly rounded than um, yeah. Yeah. So the, than last week. The stats are thus. In first place, the people's favorite guild is Golgari. So green and black. Yeah. Um, they 20.25%. So one fifth of the people entire discord yeah answered green and black and that to me i don't know i wasn't anticipating it i thought it was gonna be simic for sure because simic's just so popular but i actually thought it was gonna be our second the second place tier i thought that was gonna be first place Mm, okay yeah i didn't i was literally like yeah no it's gonna be simic all the way people love value people love draw cards ramp no but it's like contrarian now to like hate on blue green so like yeah nobody wants to be the blue green player now yeah fair enough and uh, you know we're seeing unless it it has to do with math (laughs) right yeah literally but i think people love um you know messing with the graveyard we were just talking about it earlier in the episode people love mess with their graveyard love i think also a big factor is the aesthetic of these guilds a lot a lot a lot of people love like sort of that horror and sort of nightmarish darkness that the golgari have to them yeah and it's just like it's a it's a common theme i've seen within a lot of magic players a lot of magic players are also into sort of like metal music and Mm -hmm. i'm not this is not a generalization 
but what I've noticed is those sort of darker other interests that have dark themes like that. Edgy. Yeah, like the Golgari makes a lot of sense for why people it would be the most popular. Also, Vraska. Also, Vraska. Valid. Yeah. Um, so in second place, we have Selesnia, which actually really surprised me. I, it's my favorite. That's what I thought was going to be number one. I voted for it. It's my absolute favorite guild. Uh, I'm a I'm a token boy. Deep down, I'm a Selesnia mage at heart. And yeah. I think, I mean, the answer is obvious. I think people love having a huge board. It's just, I know that I love it. I just love having a bunch of creatures and just like buffing them all up and swinging out. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I, I really think that token creatures is very much like baby's first magic magic success like first mm. like strat building you know deck building strat like, like yeah. a lot of it when you're getting into the game building uh, a, a token creatures like some sort yeah. of engine is, there's so many cards that do that white is very easy to do that white gives a lot of buffs to a lot of creatures to a mm-hmm. lot of tokens at once green helps keep that mana up i do think that it's like very much if you're building a deck for a first time you should start with a token deck like yeah really. i feel like that that or life gain which selesnia can also do by the way that's also 100%. like a, a huge build in selesnia um and i just also think again aesthetics play a factor here because selesnia i believe is the most similar to lord of the rings aesthetic and which is again a mm-hmm. huge crossover yeah, between and... interests in magic the gathering players and lord of the rings fans so yeah I think people just gravitate towards that sort of like elven. And metalheads, um, honestly. The Venn diagram for that is very... <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. In third place, we have a tie, actually. We have Simic and Is It. So green and blue yeah. and red and blue, respectively. And I thought that was pretty... I think that makes sense. Uh, yeah, they seem... The, the splash of blue in both of these colors makes sense to me, simply because... I think people just love to play at instant speed and accrue value. And both of these colors do that in different ways. I also think it's a really interesting that like blue isn't in the top because it's split. Mm. A blue player is split between sort of two choices, 50, 50 of whether you want to be a spell slinger or you want to do like cool creature, big creature, you know, Simic is all about like buffing creatures in interesting ways Mm. um, and the ramp to play bigger ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I and then I think I, I think that's that's sort of like all she wrote. We can go down the list a little bit more, but in in descending order, we have another tie. We have Demir and Rakdos at four the and two five, black or four identifying or five. players. Yeah, then we have Orzov at six point three three percent. We have another tie with Boros and Azorius at 5.06%. Mm-hmm. And then in last place, again, surprising to me, is Grull at 3.8%, red and green. I don't know. I just thought that would be way more popular. It's really interesting for the red being the most popular yeah. from the other. Like the chaos is what people identify with. But for some reason, when it comes to Grull, it's like not. I don't know why. Yeah, because I feel like there's just so many great commanders in red and green that are just popular too. I think too. The play like, style is fun. Yeah, it's like it's very aggro, maybe, and that's just not very Ravnica, if you will. Hmm. That's not what people are playing. Like, ra- like think of the Ravnica guilds. They're like, no, we want like is it with the big dragon who does the fun Fair spells? Enough. We want the pretty ladies who do the token <laughs> generation. We want the 
the scary Gorgon lady who helps hang out and with our fungus dead people. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like I think maybe maybe I'm just sort of thinking from the framework of oh Grull has a lot of great commanders rather than oh what Ravnica guild do people feel is their favorite or like the most aligned with? And I guess Grull just a lot of people aren't aren't fans honestly, of. Some people honestly, are three point eight percent are, but wild because I feel like all of these are incredibly polarizing factions that. <laughs> I feel like yeah. any normal person would be like, I, I kind of don't want to really be a part of any of these. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I like Selesnia. I don't know. I feel like it's, you know, it's it's all, it's like the closest in Ravnica to solar punk, which I think. It's kind of like, it's pretty ominous when you start breaking it down. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, that's, that's the poll of the week. If you guys want to participate in the polls, please feel free to hop in the discord. It's in the show notes. It's in the description below. Jump on the discord horse. Get on the horse Get on there and, and ride on gallop in. Gallop your way. That's right. Andrew, as soon as you stop driving, hop on the horse. We have a horse prepared for you, Andrew, and it'll take you right to the Discord. Ride like the wind, bullseye. I love that Andrew's now a part of the pod. Whoever they are, like... They're just part of it now. Okay, so that leaves us with one section left of the podcast. It's our last segment of the day. It is the patron questions. If you did not know, you can join at the $3 tier of our Patreon and start to submit questions to us. There's a special channel in the Discord where you can just be asking us questions that we will answer live on the podcast. So today's patron question is asked by King underscore Vire. Uh, they are one of the uh, OG supporters as well. Thank you so much, King, for being Thank you, the King. best. We love you. They ask, what card could you never get to work but keep trying anyway? Yeah. And I had to think a lot about this. I know you had a. I didn't. You, I know you had like an immediate answer. I had to think a lot about this. Um, I'll go. I'll go first with mine. It's relatively simple, but it made sense as soon as I as soon as I thought about it. It's a card called Soul Barrier. So Soul Barrier is a two and a blue enchantment. It was originally printed in Ice Age, and I'm gonna read the <laughs> original text because this is the reason why I struggled to fit it in decks. It just wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. The original text says. Whenever target opponent casts a summon spell, which means a creature spell, Soul Barrier deals two damage to him or her. That player may pay two to prevent this damage. So it's a sort of like tax, a, a weird little. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if you'd call this a stacks ability or effect, but um, it basically makes you pay mana in order to not take damage every time you cast a creature. And right. the reason I I loved this ability because we I definitely play in a creature heavy meta, and so this would be amazing to have uh, on the field. But it was target opponent, and I just. I didn't, I couldn't get it to like work and be worth it enough in a lot of my builds. It just was not working. I'd always cut it for something else, even though I loved it a lot. Yeah. However, in the Discord a couple months ago, <laughs> someone posted the card and in Scryfall, when you tag a card with Scryfall, it'll give you the updated Oracle text for the card. And yeah. they actually have updated the text to say, this is the Oracle text that I'm reading now. Whenever an opponent casts a creature spell, Soul Barrier deals two damage to that player unless they pay two. So now it affects every single player because when this was printed there was only 1v1 formats i believe yeah do you think they'll do you think they'll they'll release a printing of the oracle the oracle revision i honestly don't know it says the last printing was fifth edition so it doesn't look like they've even printed it in the list or anything like that so interesting i don't know but i i love this card uh it's an it's a very rare effect that deals damage in blue 
Like I just I love that ability. Agreed. And again, like in creature heavy metas like mine, this will do so much work. It's almost like a it's like it's like anything that makes you pay attacks, Ristic Study, Smothering Tithe, like except it's doing damage. And there's lots of ways if you're running red, you can also do like sort of damage multipliers and make this a, a big sort of almost group slug card. And yeah, I used to not be able to make this work. So hopefully this is partially answering the question. But now I can and I really love that. And I wanted to highlight that card here. So that's my selection. Oh, awesome. Great. Now it's my turn. <laughs> and my card was an immediate pick. It's also a blue enchantment. And my pick is Omniscience. <laughs> <laughs> this card is seven oh my God. colorless blue 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 enchantment you may cast spells from your hand without paying their mana cost so so insane you can definitely make this card work by pairing it with (laughs) you know decent protection Uh uh-huh I, however, build janky decks and yeah. have yet to be able to play this card. I put it in a bunch of blue decks because yeah. I think it's so funny, particularly in my mill deck, because I think the combination of playing cards that return to your hand infinitely, infinitely milling somebody is a combo mm-hmm. I've wanted to do forever. And you play this. Yeah. If it resolves, I just get to mill everyone and win. And so, like, that will never happen. Never say never. <laughs> Never say never. <laughs> I've tried so many times. I keep it in decks, and it just has never popped off. My yeah. wife actually played a deck, played a game where she uh, she had a Pramacon deck that was just like full of good red, white, and blue cards. And like Pramacon makes it so everyone can only attack one person. So there's like a there was sort of like a pillow fort there, and then she was able to just like cast this and immediately start went. playing stuff for free. <laughs> start My playing gosh. stuff for free. Yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. But I get that though. It's listen, like even if you were able to cast it, you yeah. become the immediate target. Like yeah. everyone is going to dedicate all their resources to making sure that either you, the player, are dead or this is off the field. So right. it's absolutely valid for a card that you've always wanted to make work and have it. Like even and, if you do make so, it work technically and cast it, like it can still be very hard to make it work. Right. You, you have to understand, like if you've got a decent ramp, this card is way easier to play than you think. But like I play a lot of decks where I actively nerf my ramp because I that's just the pace of the game I like to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I often have like really trash dual lands that you know come in tapped like i, I you know my i like the, i like a slow start i've talked about a little bit why i like these one drop cards because i like that slow start to the game mm-hmm. but with stuff happening um and this card is just one of those like every time i have it, it i can't utilize it either i don't have any cards left to play with it mm-hmm. um or i don't have the mana yet and it's just like sitting, <laughs> sitting there in there. your hand yeah yeah i've had people pull it from my hand and use it against me i've had people being like you know take control of a card of uh, another player's hand you know some like reverse reverse you know what what is that dinosaur i don't know i i mean i trust you that there's a card that is out there that remember. does that i just don't know if it's from the court or not i can't remember either is. either way but, that's that's an excellent pick i i think I, I think that's a that's a good little way to end the pod with a a, a little bit of omniscience and uh that moves uh, that moves us on to that's that's sort of the end of the thing we're gonna plug all of our fun amazing ways you can support us starting with the discord 
So the EDH Jank Center Discord is a public Discord. It's got a bunch of people in it that love budget janky and underutilized cards. And we talk about sets, spoilers, cards, budget brews, and basically anything and everything under the MTG sun. And we also host monthly giveaways of fun MTG product every single month. So if you want to participate in the giveaways, you do not have to be a patron. All you got to do is join the Discord and uh, participate. It's amazing. Also, guys, if you want to support all the fun stuff we do here at the Jank Center, including the podcast, short form videos, the Discord, and our monthly giveaways, make sure to check out our Patreon. We've got four awesome tiers, a $1 tier that gets you an extra entry in the giveaways every single month in the Discord. At the $3 tier, you get extra entry plus the ability to ask us questions that we answer live on the podcast like we did earlier. At the $10 tier, you get everything plus an extra episode of the podcast every single month. Episodes will center around Cress and I building a specific commander that you get to choose. We'll be discussing five cards we want to highlight from each of our builds, and you'll also receive the deck lists for the decks built on that podcast episode. And finally, for our big spenders or people who really want to support us a ton, you can join the $25 tier wherein you get all the aforementioned stuff as well as the chance to be a guest on our five cards or die series that happens every other month. So if any of that sounds appealing to you, go check it out. Go support us. We appreciate it a ton. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube, follow the Instagram and TikTok, and make sure to leave a five-star review of this podcast. It really helps us a ton. Andrew, now's the time to get on your phone. And give us a five star review. I know you've arrived at your destination right at the end of this podcast. (laughs) We timed it perfectly so you could get there, Andrew. (laughs) I feel like Andrew's going to become a character of our podcast now. Absolutely. I have a feeling. Yeah. I love that, though. That's that's pretty much it. I think Cress and I are going to go. Say your catchphrase. Oh, remember. And remember, kiddos. I forgot about the catchphrase. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) And remember, kiddos, the spirit of the format is the gathering. And this is Cress signing off. And I'm also signing off as well. Hey, this is going better than I felt like it was in the start. Same. We we rallied for sure. <laughs> <laughs>